This is a presentation of Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning. You're listening to the Mac and Jack Sports Show on Northeast Streaming Sports. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to the Mac and Jack Sports Show. It's a little delayed, so and there's nothing I can do about it. But anyway, guys, welcome to the Friday uh, edition of Mac and Jack Sports Show. I'm your host, Mac, with your co-host, Jack Hirsch. And as every Friday, we got him in early again. Our NFL analyst, Byron Williams, will have Keith Angle up here in about a half hour. So good morning, guys. How you doing? Hey, good morning, fellas. Uh, good morning. Good morning. Byron's, Byron's in a very happy atmosphere being in Texas with the Rangers winning the World Series and the excitement there. Yeah, I mean, it's going crazy. Even my, my two little grandsons going to the parade today. They're expecting over three or 400,000 people, you know, and it's going to be it's going to be fun. The Rangers, people are going to get excited. Um, I'm not going nowhere downtown, but it's going to be good to have the parade. And uh, I got two. I, I, I had a football cap yesterday morning. I want to tell you guys this. I had a football cap yesterday morning talking about 150 kids. And I was telling these kids, it was two guys that in the Rangers organization, one guy named Brian Nephew. He's in, he's director of the business partnership uh, with the Rangers. I coached him from the first grade through the sixth grade. And he, he ended up getting a baseball scholarship at, at the university. I went to UTA, UT Arlington, and he's with the organization. He's going to get a world series ring. And another guy, me and his dad grew up. He was drafted by the Yankees in 2015. His name is Kendall Coleman. He's with the scouting department. You know, he's 28. So I'm happy for those guys. I know him personally. I talk to him all the time. And it's good to see that, you know, the Rangers organization from top to bottom, it's going to be a lot of happy people over there. So, uh, it's you know, it's, it's it's nothing like winning a World Series. So he's a, a Super Bowl. So it's, it's I'm excited for those guys as well. Well, I, if I'm not mistaken, that's their first World Series win, correct, Jack, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, yeah, they came so close a dozen years ago. They were like one out away, and the series got away from them against St. Louis, so desperately close to winning, and they broke through. The Rangers did it a different way. A lot of people, uh, they did it the common way that people put down, I should say, with free agent signings and trades. There's a school of thought you should build from within the farm system, but the Rangers made, you know, some great moves on the free agent market. You know, Corey Seager, you know, Simeon, Simeon they got there. They traded even Jordan Montgomery, Chapman from the Yankees. You know, uh, well, Chapman didn't come directly from the Yankees. I'm talking yes. like a, a Yankee fan. But they got a number of players uh, elsewhere. You know, even Jacob DeGram, who really wasn't part of it, he was a free agent signing, didn't play this year really because he got injured. But just think of it, all the money they shelled out. And, you know, the DeGram si signing withstanding, it worked out for the Texas Rangers. So we congratulate them. Uh, yeah, they won, they won five to nothing. Simeon with a big game, two for five to two RBIs, Nathan Avaldi, six innings, 
Uh, Nathan Navaldi, another guy from another team, former right. great Red Sox pitcher, 11 consecutive wins on the road. Uh, yes. You know, the Rangers winning the World Series, it's the big news. But yesterday, I guess the big news that came over the wire and all in the sports world was the passing Mac of Bobby Knight. Uh, what are some of your recollections, guys, you know, both Mac and Byron and Bobby Knight? Well, I, I, some of the guys I have have, have uh, that I know that played for him. Uh, I know him and Bill Parcells became real close throughout the years, and and you know they get had a great relationship. So you know, to me, I thought Bobby Knight was a perfect coach. I mean, I just started throwing chairs and getting guys in the game, and and sometimes you know some players need to be addressed the way that he addressed them. But you know, he's a legend in my in my eyes, and I you know I just know that he's. He's going to be dearly missed, but he changed the game of basketball, I think. Well, Coach Knight, let me just say something. On the coaching pre, Bill Parcells was Bobby Knight's assistant at Army for a little while. It's a basketball coach, ironically, for a little while. And think of Bobby Knight's attitude at press conferences, the way he's very short, just to the point. Bill Parcells imitated Bobby Knight. And Bill Belichick imitates Bill Parcells. Yeah. So that Bobby Knight effect was passed on really from to Bill Parcells to Bill Belichick and maybe a couple of others a little that way indirectly as well. But the Bobby Knight was really a lightning rod. You could say both good and bad, but talking as strictly as a coach masterful in-game coach, masterful strategist. I mean, he's the guy who we talk about coaching tree, even in basketball, the amount of coaches he turned out, like Coach K, legendary, you know, Coach Duke was a Bobby Knight assistant and chances are wouldn't have achieved what he had if it wasn't for Bobby Knight giving him that type of opportunity. But he could be a very difficult guy. Let's be honest about it. A very difficult guy. He would have these temper tantrums that would go big over, you know, in public. And some people would feel he harassed his players too much. But that's for his players to comment on, not so much us. You know, reporters and him would at times have a controversial relationship. A close friend of mine. Uh, Bernard Fernandez, who for many years was a reporter for the Philadelphia Daily News, he told me, and he posted also late on an interaction he had with Coach Knight, where he was at a party for another coach in Philadelphia. He was one of two reporters, but he wasn't there to work. He was there as a friend of the coach. And Bobby Knight just found out he was a reporter, Bernard Fernandez, and walked over to him, not knowing him, and he started insulting him, just putting him down. Wow. You know, and, you know, it didn't go over too well. So on a personal level, Bobby Knight could be very, very difficult, but he was a great coach. And I noticed a pattern with Bobby Knight. He cared an awful lot what people would think. You know, he kept bad press, bothered him a lot. And he also, he wanted to be perceived in a very good way. So he would always have this attitude it was him against everyone else. And that, all, of course, sets up for confrontation. Good morning, so, Jason. Glad to, have, glad to have you with us, Jason. And Byron, before you go, let's, 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 let's do the whole story. Bobby Knight didn't know he was a guest there. He thought he was there as a reporter. And he was kind of looking out for his friend who was hosting the party. 
He didn't yeah. realize that 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 reporter uh, was there as a guest. He thought he was there as a reporter. And he said, well, you know, we can't get away from these guys. Why, why are you with this private party? No, so, no, no, Mac, Mac, Mac. He was told Bobby Knight by the other coach, no. But not as after, my friend. After, after he, after the interaction, he told him that because I read the post too, Jack. After the interaction, the host came to uh, her, uh, Fernandez's uh, uh, defense and said, "Listen, he's not here as a reporter; he's here as a guest." Bobby Knight didn't know that in the beginning, so he was assuming, which he probably shouldn't have. He was assuming that this reporter was there working. He did not know he was there as a guest till after the interaction. But anyway, Bobby Bobby Knight was a very strong-willed coach, very hard-nosed, wouldn't make it in today's league at all. Well, Bill Belichick can because they had they had listen, there's a way to be tough on players and 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 there's a way to deal with the media today. Bobby Knight, that's why Bobby Knight never got another job, to be honest, was because of the way he handled his players. Well, at Indiana, he Indiana eventually let Bobby Knight go. And Indiana was painted as the villain, but Bobby Knight would have these behavioral outbursts. And he yes. was commanding a little too much power on campus. Even when he went to another camp, uh, school, he went to Texas Tech. He insulted the school president. He bumped <laughs> into him somewhere. You do that, you should get fired. If you start- Don't you need to be insulted? I've been trying to bring football back to UTA all these years. And the presidents and the athletic directors, they don't understand the game of football or understand sports anymore. So sometimes at the university, you get some of these nonsense people in there. And I can understand Bobby, Bobby Knight approaching them. So I I can see it both ways, you know. Um, that's what I want yeah. to say. Yeah, yeah. Listen, listen, Bill Parcells hard nose. A lot of people don't know Bill Parcells was not only a great football player, I shouldn't say great, high school level, he was great. He was also a, a letter a letterman in basketball. He was also a very good basketball player. Also got drafted by a major league baseball team. So Bill Parcells kind of worked with Bobby Knight there as an assistant coach, helped him out. Him and Bobby Knight were great friends, as Jack said. They were. Um, and and they kind of they're a lot alike. They're both were at the, you know, through the military academy school. I mean, they were they were very tough nosed, um, very tough nosed coaches and and you're right, Jason, he did get physically uh, abusive towards players, but that's the way it was back then. That's the way Woody Hayes was. That's the way a lot of coaches were. They were getting your face kind of coaches. Oh, no, but there was, there was a clip of Bobby Knight was choking a player, grabbed him by the yes. throat. Bobby Knight completely <laughs> denied it. Then a video later surfaced that he, yes, that he yes, didn't yes, yes. grab him the wrong way. Right. And, and and Woody Hayes got into it, punched another player. I mean, the coaches back then were very hard nosed. And guess what? You talk to the players like Byron Williams with 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 Bill Parcells, and a lot of people with Bill Parcells, probably Bill Belichick too, probably Bobby Knight too. They loved the guy. They loved the guy because they pushed him to be the best they could be. They most of these guys became successful. Um, you know, Vince Lombardi was no nice guy either. So, I mean, it was just a different era. And you look back at it today, and people like Jason and other people, and, and they're right what they're saying. The guy was not that nice, nice of a human being when it came to uh, the way he acted people, but yeah. he was an effective coach. And it's old school. Well, he's very loyal. Probably I'm not say this. I'm say this. 
Yeah, I want to say this about Bill Parcells. He was not nonsense. And he, you know, you know what you're going to get with him. And you can just appreciate him because after you leave, after playing for him, you understand the reason why he was that way. And and it really helped you with your, with moving forward in life. So I, I just think, you know, iron sharpened iron. And that's what that, those guys are about to me. Right, right. So anyway, again, there, you're going to have people, Jason, and they're not wrong saying what they're saying. But you're going to have people that played under these coaches that love the, yeah. these coaches till today. So I imagine Bobby Knight uh, will have a huge, huge when people come to his to his wake or funeral, or whatever. It's going to have a huge amount of ex players there. I, I, he I, will, I he will. But just to a little bit of a comparison, and I'm asking, do you think Bobby Knight's players in general revered him as much as Coach K's at Duke? I mean, Coach K was loved at Duke. Certain players were loved by the, I mean, they loved their coaches unanimously, like a Joe Paterno. The guys who played from at Penn State absolutely loved them. With yeah. Bobby Knight, yeah, I mean, he's going to have a lot of players who adored him, but there's going to be a number of them who are indifferent as well. But listen, he was one of, one of the big coaching names of all time. A great coach. I mean, yeah. what he did on the court leading Indiana to three national championships, then having success late at Texas Tech, and, you know, great coach, compelling personality, and very loyal. If he felt you were 100% loyal to him, he would be 100% loyal to you, and he would go out of his way to you. I heard Dick Batow say, they asked him once, if you were stuck in a foxhole, who would you want next? To you, next to you, and he said, Bobby Knight, because he'd find a way to get me out. He would yeah. stick with me all the way. And that says, you know, a lot about the type of individual Bobby Knight was. Good morning, yeah. Rick. Glad to have you have you aboard. And uh, I agree. I, I agree with that 100%. Uh, my heart, those coaches uh, helped me out too. But, of course, my dad was even harder than them. So that's why I ended up the way I am. You get so, that out of your dad, pop that butt, pop. My, my dad always told me I never use a belt or stick because I want you scared of me, not the belt or stick. So that's how he was. Anyway, let's get to last night's game. Uh, Pittsburgh beats Tennessee. Of course, that with that Pittsburgh defense, you're always in the game. Kenny Pickett has an okay game. He throws 19 for 30 for 160 yards, one TD. Um, Jalen Warren had the big run, rushing game for them. Uh Dante Johnson had a good day receiving for him. He got one touchdown. Uh, you know, uh, Levis had a good game for his second game. He had good stats. He 20, 22 for 39, 262, one interception. Derrick Henry had a big game. But, again, when you go to play in Pittsburgh. 75 yards rushing isn't a big game, Mac. Let's not get well, carried seven, away. Well, they had 101 last week. 17 carries, 75 yards. 17 carries. So. What's wrong with that? No, what, no, but it's not right a now? big game. What do you mean a big I, game? A big game, a guy's when rushing you, when you pick up, When you pick up, when you pick up 75 yards, hard goes against Philly. the Pittsburgh Steelers defense, I think it's a big game. How He's about got the a touchdown. solid game? He had a solid, a solid game. All right. We'll use, your, we'll use your – He we'll had a big game. <laughs> we'll good downplay. I could buy that a great game. Anyway, Pittsburgh goes to 5 3 I do want to say this. Jim Jelko did pick the Steelers. I picked the I picked the Titans. So I want to say that. So right now he he started the week off right. Jim, uh, 
It's an exhibition game Thursday night. We don't give our picks to exhibition games. It's like it doesn't mean anything that oh. Jeff Coates claiming after the fact he got the game right. Well, I just want y'all to know before y'all talk to Jim, he said Steelers, I said the Titans. And yeah. I, I thought I thought the, uh, the Titans were going to win two in a row. But he he did pick the Steelers. And I usually go with the Steelers at home. Jeff Coates, for those viewers who don't know, he has a record in the picks, six wins, 25 losses, and one tie. I couldn't so hit the mute I, button you know, fast I mean, enough. I couldn't hit the mute bat button fast enough. Jack, let's wait till Sunday. Let's 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 and you know what? Sunday. He don't know nothing about the punt spread, so that's his that's his excuse. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Not so anyway, anyway, yeah. anyway, folks. Yes, he did, Rick. Rick, Rick is Rick. I'll tell you, I want to thank Rick. I'll take a second here and thank Rick Sherlock. He is with Northeast Streaming Sports every show, Rick. I I mean, I want to I want to send this. I'm gonna send Rick something. Here yeah. in the near future, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I want to get his email and send him something because him he is with every Northeast streaming sports show there is. Jason, I love you too. I mean, you're with us too. But Rick is on every show. He's he's unbelievable. It doesn't matter what the show is. Hey, anyway, maybe we'll slap Rick in and Jim's place or something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, you know, you let's get on. But let's 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 get on to let's get on to some NFL news. Uh, the Raiders they fire um, they fire Josh McDaniel and the GM David Ziegler. Um, I think everyone knew this was coming. Um, I, I think it was. Uh, there's something wrong over there with that ownership. Uh, I don't know what it is. Uh, I mean, they're paying Gruden still. They're now they're going to be paying this guy. They're, A few years more. Oh my God! And and it's. I, you know, I spoke to Jim about this and I, and before I, I think it was on our new show, uh, Northeast Professional Sports, you know, are, are, are the Raider fans even interested anymore? The old Raider fans, are they, do they even care? And if they do, I feel so bad for this, for this, this fan base that they moved Oakland Raiders all around to begin with. They stay with the Raiders. They go to Vegas. I, and they just stink. And I mean, you know, they may the Giants might even stink more than they do. So I'm not I'm not personally putting down the team. I'm just saying being a Raider fan and how great this organization was at one time in the 70s and early 80s, it has totally spiraled out of control, Byron. I mean, yeah, what, absolutely. What's, what's going on over there? Honestly, what are they? I mean, you can't fire listen, I don't like the head coach either. But if you keep firing a coach every one year or two years, you're never going to get it together either. Absolutely. And this, and this kind of, I guess the the people want just that guaranteed money, but you got to have, you know, you, it's a lot involved. And, and the bottom line, you got to put some winning products on the, on the field. But for some reason, they just don't have the locker room experience. They don't have leaders. I mean, they they at each other's throat. I mean, it's so much confusion. Over there with the Raiders is just sad. I just hate hate it for for the fans because they deserve more. Like you said, they've been all over L.A. and back to, you know, back up to Northern California, and now they're in Vegas. So it's just one thing after another with them. Well, they didn't want to fire Mark Davis. Did not want to fire John Gruden because of the controversy that went on, you know, behind the scenes. I'm not going to get into with Gruden. His hand was kind of forced to move on from Gruden. So then they had Rich Pasaki, the interim coach, 
who did a tremendous job, led the Raiders to the playoffs where they played a solid game when they got eliminated. And the players loved Basakia. They wanted him to return as a full-time coach. So what does Mark Davis do? He lets him go and hires Josh McDaniels. And yeah. Josh McDaniels clearly didn't work out. The Raider players reportedly were semi-celebrating when he was let go. And this is Josh McDaniels' third head coaching opportunity, two officially, and I can't see him getting any more. It didn't work out with the Denver Broncos. Yeah. And then he accepted the Indianapolis Colts job. They offered it to him. And then he backs out at the last moment from the Colts job after they offered it to him, after he interviewed for it. And now this third job, head coaching job with the Raiders doesn't work out. I think we're going to find there's a good chance we're going to find Josh McDaniels back at New England. We reportedly, you know, had a good relationship right. with Bill Belichick all where along. Would he, where, where would he coach? Where would he coach? He got I don't Brian. know. Bill O'Brien's the offensive coordinator, so I don't know what the deal is. Maybe be a quarterback's coach or something. I don't know McDaniels' relationship with O'Brien. They've been on the same staff before. If it's good, they can transition them back to New England. Uh, maybe Bill O'Brien's going to object and threaten to quit if McDaniel's comes back in any, you know, type of what, job. What, I mean, if I if, if what you're saying is true, if I'm Robert Kraft, why would I want him back there when he lost when he's been fired twice as head coach? Said, why would I? Why would I want the Patriot fans to get all upset that I'm bringing a losing coach? Not into as head coach, with the, he's still a loser. Jack, he's the, no, I'm talking not about the, with the Patriots. It was the optics, Jack. The optics, the optics. The optics, Jack. Listen to me. The optics. I know he's not a bad offensive coordinator. I'm saying the optics of this. New England's having problems already, and you're going to bring in a coach that got just got fired from the from the Raiders. Why would? Why would they do that? Because he's that. popular in New England. The fans <laughs> would embrace him. Oh, man, I don't know about that. With the I Patriots. don't know about that, Jack. I don't I think know about too, that. I think, too, it's some, he don't have a good relationship with some of the players. I, You know, you can hear some of the players talk about, about it. And I, 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 that, to me, you got to have a great relationship with your players, especially the, the guys that got the names. But it, it's just it's just to me, I, I feel that what I started with, I've come back around to. I mean, if I'm a Raiders fan, I'm pretty much that's it. I, I'm done with Las Vegas. I, that's stupid anyway. They're in Vegas. Well, it. let me ask you guys this question. OK, both of you. Did interim coaches Antonio Pierce, former giant, you know, linebacker. And he's been a linebacker coach for the Raiders. Right. And for him to take over as head coach. What does he know about the Raider offense per se? He knows something, you know, through practice, of course, but he's not that knowledgeable. He's just been asked to motivate the Raiders. How prepared can the Raiders be against the Giants? There are two ways to look at it. They're not going to be that well prepared, and the Giants are going to do really well against them. Or maybe the Raiders are going to be so fired up on emotion that that's yeah. going to override everything else. That's an intangible listen, that I can't completely figure out. I listen. I, 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 first of all, Antonio Pierce has been a coach for a lot of years, and he, and he was pretty good middle linebacker for the Giants at the time. So he knows a little bit. He's a, he's a very, he's a very fiery guy. The, the Raiders will rally around. All players rally around a new coach. That's, that's just something that happens. Um, the, the question is quarterback. You got Garoppolo, who's going to be benched. 
and then you got the new rookie guy coming in. So yeah, I don't, Jack, I think it's going to be a lot closer than, than people think. And I hope the giant, if, if I think Jones is starting, I'm not sure there's no definite on there. He's cleared. He starting. Yeah. It's, he's cleared. I don't know. I really don't know. And I, and we just got rid of Leonard Williams who went to Seattle Seahawks. Uh, a great job by the GM by, as a matter of fact, the way he handled it with him, he had a meeting with him. He asked them, he told them that Seattle, you know, it's a playoff team. Would you like to go there? I mean, he handled it like he was discussing with him instead of, you know, the, the, the Seattle Seahawks, great job by showing, but we lost Leonard Williams, a very good, very good defensive lineman, uh, motor running, played hard, good against the run, decent against the pass. We're going to miss him a little bit, but he has a chance to go somewhere with Seattle. That's well, a sure. great, great move by the Giants because Leonard Williams' contract was up at the end of the year, and the Giants probably weren't sure what type of contract they might give him moving forward. They might not want to invest really big money in him, so there was no guarantee they'd re-sign him, and they got a second-round draft pick and a fifth-round draft pick for a guy who's going to be a free agent at the end of the year, a magnificent move by Joe Shine, the Giants' GM. And you look what the other league players like Sweat and uh, Chase Young, you know, got in, ex in exchange a second round, and, and for Chase Young, the 49 is a third-rounder, okay? Yeah. Uh, Sweat got a second-rounder from the Bears, and his contract is, you know, out over at the end of the year, and the Bears feel they can re-sign him. What's interesting with Pete Carroll and the Seahawks, he could have gotten Chase Young for second-round pick alone easily and not even given up the fifth-rounder because Chase Young ultimately went to the 49ers for a third-rounder. He may have gotten them for a third-rounder, the third-rounder and a fifth-rounder and kept the second-rounder. And I'll tell you guys, looking at it very objectively, as much as we respect Leonard Williams' run-stuffing ability, Chase Young is the better player. Chase Young, you know, has more upside. He has more stardom to him. He's a savage pass rusher. I know there have been injury issues, but if he's healthy, he can affect the game more than Leonard Williams can. Barry, yeah, let's get you. Let's get you yeah, I was going to say Chase Young, too. I think he started doing his own little thing yeah. in, in, at Washington and – and so one of the things some of these players got to remember, you need to be coachable. Either you need to be in the system uh, to be more effective. But, you know, he's, he's a great talent, great, great physical guy. And he can be he can be he can be a superstar. So hopefully it'll work out for the 49ers. And, I, you know, I got to that's why I love the 49ers, because they do whatever they think to get the right kind of player in the organization. And once you get in that organization, then they got they got these uh they 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 can they can massage the talent, and that's why they're so hard to beat, and that's why they always constantly on the change. That's why I like that's why I appreciate the 49ers organization because they seem like to me they go and get the people that they need. To me, Byron, the bigger the bigger the bigger loss of the 49ers is Sweat. Believe it or not, I think Sweat's having a better year. I think I think he's a more coachable player. I think he's going to be a bigger star than Chase Young. Chase Young is a pass rusher. That's what Chase yeah. Young is. But he, he, has, a, he has, yeah, he, he has. Chase Young has some kind of going on there with an attitude. I don't know what's going on, and that's why yeah. Washington really wanted to get rid of him. It wasn't I think they were playing him out of position. That would be his thing that bothered him. 
But the Chicago Bears, I don't get it. They did the same thing with Chase Claypool within a free, basically a free agent year. They give up second round draft picks for guys they have no guarantee of signing for next season. Yeah. And a second round draft choice is valuable at that point because most second rounders are going to be starting for you immediately. Yep. And I, you know, I quite I question the move unless they could re-sign this player. That and and what do you think about Justin Fields? You think he's gone, Byron, at the end of the year? Do you think they're going to try and trade him? It seems like they might be moving on. I don't know. It's it's, it's it seems like it's something going on behind the scenes. Um, it, you know, I, I think it's a possibility they might want to look at getting another quarterback uh, because it hadn't worked out thus far. Let me ask you this, okay? The guy that's uh, you know who's playing for them right now, Bajan, Division Two player, quarterback, undrafted. What's with all these scouts? Pags was telling us a year ago that he was the best quarterback coming out of the draft. Not that he is, but Pags is telling us about this Division Two guy, and no one drafts him at all, not even in the seventh round. How can Pags be smarter than the coaches? I don't get it. Our guy on this show, you know, had more of a read on him than all these scouts. It makes no sense at all. Yeah, he did say that. You know, we were talking about that all year, all last well, year. Yeah, no one picked up on it. Not, not one team would take him in the seventh round. That's a throwaway pick a lot of times, a seventh-round pick. You can afford to be wrong with a seventh-round pick because a lot of those guys in the seventh round are cut anyway. Okay? Yeah. Well, well, the Phillies Pags, the Philly sports guy, knows his father, arm wrestle. That's yeah. how he knows the kid. The yeah. kid, the kid is uh, one of his friends that was an arm. He's big into arm wrestling, and he liked the kid. He saw the kid, and of course, the kid played. I mean, he had he had a rough a rough outing last week, but he still played decent for his second game. Not yeah. as good as his first, but we'll see what happens. I think he's starting again. Speaking of quarterbacks, last bit of news I got here as far as the NFL news goes: they're benching Jordan Love. I told you. I told you, I told you. They're going to give him 10 more weeks or he's out. Well, 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 you're not benching him. He's starting this week. No, they're benching him, according to what I read, Jack. They're benching him. That's no, what I'm not. I thought he was going to be this week. Yeah, I heard he's being benched. Mac, well, Mac, I don't know where you're getting it. your information maybe from, they, Mac. They're maybe, not benching maybe, him. They're playing him the rest of the year. It. Maybe they reversed it. I'm telling you what I heard. The coach wanted to bench him. Maybe they're reversing it. Maybe they said he's got the rest of the season to prove it. But he's sure in hot water right now. Not, I'm not sure. Jordan Love, Jordan Love will not be in Green Bay after this year. They're going to go get Matt, a quarterback. Matt, 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 maybe so, Mac, at the end of the year. But they're not benching them now. I'm not sure what's worse. Listen, what sources are Jim Jeff coach listen. picks? I mean, but well, really. Listen. Well, we picked. Jeff, uh, he picked Jeff. the Rams. He, uh, Jim picked the Rams. They playing the Rams yeah. in Green Bay this weekend. <laughs> we go well, ahead. We'll Byron, Byron Jack says all this stuff, and then in two weeks it happens. So just no. I got some sources. That <laughs> no, are, that it are doesn't right happen. Out. Just like I heard with this Kirk Cousins nonsense coming to the Jets. So you don't dignify. I didn't say stuff. that. I know that. Not being benched this week, and he got the rest of the year. This far, this far of being benched, this far away. <laughs> Tell it, believe me. How you doing, Keith? We got Keith Anglin here Thank from you. TGI Sports Talk. H Happy belated birthday, Byron. 
Thank you so much. I tell you, it's been a long. It's been a. Uh, I'm tired. It's been a busy week for me. <laughs> Trick or treat. If you gotta, if, Byron, if you gotta leave, you can go, man. Are you good? You, you good? To I got. I, you gotta I go. do have to go. I gotta catch up on some stuff. I gotta go to Walmart this morning. I'm finna try to partner up with now, Walmart. Listen, no, Walmart's better we than know, this show. Keith, <laughs> Keith knows that all our all our hosts now. <laughs> when Keith comes on, they leave. I don't. You set it up the wrong way. It doesn't make this show look good where one of our hosts says, I have to leave because I got to go to Walmart. Come on. Right. You exactly. Come up with a better, set it up better. Like at least Byron say, yeah, a football camp to go He's, to now. Listen, listen. As you know, this is this show is not scripted. So things that Byron says just come out and we gotta deal with it. That's all. It's it's just a reactionary thing. That's all. Chief, but thank I you so much, Chief. I appreciate you. I had some extra happy life. birthday, Byron. Never came back. I'll see you guys. <laughs> see you, Byron. Take care. Take care. Yes. Be sure morning, you use guys. that self-checkout, Byron. That's all I gotta say. Good morning, <laughs> Keith. How you doing this morning, buddy? Excellent. Thank you. Hope you guys are well. Yeah, we needed yeah, listen, Keith a uh, little while ago when we were discussing Josh McDaniels because that's his territory. Uh, uh, yes, Keith, yes. Matt feels McDaniels wouldn't be welcome back to New England. I think he would because I think he had a really good relationship with Bill Belichick. Uh, I think it's possible he will find his way back to Foxborough, yes. Uh, you know, depending on how the rest of this year goes, we'd be looking for a new offensive coordinator anyway. So, uh, And he's come back once, actually – Twice before, so Keith, let me let me ask you what I was saying to Jack. The optics there. for New England for New England Patriot fans to have a coach that was just fired because he's he he messed up, helped mess up the Raiders to bring him back. Do you think the fans would go for that? I would. Wouldn't yes, he's been a coordinator. Some guys just aren't good head coaches, and Josh McDaniel's one of them. He's a great coordinator, but he's not a good head coach. I, I don't think the optics look too good. That's all I'm saying. I think you hear it's like Judge. Judge goes to the Giants, screws up, no good. We'll take him back on the Patriots. Listen, how good, was like. Mac, how good was Mac Jones in his rookie year? Pretty good. Uh, who, was, who was his offensive coordinator? Uh, Byron, Byron brought up the fact that the players, some of the players don't have a uh, good relationship with him either. Well, a lot of those players may not be around either. So, and maybe, and maybe Bill Belichick won't be around to make that decision either. So, um, that's true. One thing I will tell you, he won't be the head coach of the New England Patriots. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> okay. All right. So, Keith, uh, I, I guess, I, I guess before we start the college preview, I want to get your opinion on Bobby Knight. Okay. Bobby Knight passed away, as you know. Um, a lot of people, I mean, he was a great coach at Indiana, brought him to championships, did pretty good at Texas. Uh, a very you know, Hall of Fame coach. Uh, a lot of coaches, as Jack mentioned, that were underneath him can, went on to be successful. Um, yeah. But a lot of people have a, have a big problem in the way he treated people, kids, reporters, and you know, just just that he was a bad guy in general. Um, well, he's a very polarizing figure. Obviously, people either loved Bobby Knight or hated Bobby Knight, and a lot of his players, at least the ones he didn't put his hands on, I guess, um, will speak wonderful uh, things about Bobby Knight and what he's done for them uh, during their college career and afterwards. Um, you know, he could be a petty guy. Him and Mike Krzyzewski had a falling out um, over something petty uh, years ago, which I think they made up uh, before Coach Knight died. Look, he's an old school 
coach, right? And you can't coach that way today. He could not coach today because kids are offended if you even look at him funny. So, you know, I don't think he could make it today. But I think Bob Knight was a great coach, a great builder of character in young men, you know, but a flawed man, obviously, you know. So I don't think, he, I don't think he's a bad person uh, overall. I think he just couldn't control certain parts of the emotions at certain times. He even had one incident on the sidelines with an African-American player where he kind of like whacked him on the behind, and there was a big uproar. On the next game, Coach Knight bent over so the player could whack him the same way, you know? I don't know whether the player minded it all because there was probably a certain bond he had with Coach Knight, but it created a backlash. There always seemed to be controversy. One of the things with Coach Knight, the influence he could have had you, with the story in the, the draft when Michael Jordan came out, he recognized Jordan's talent. He said, this is the best play I ever saw. You know, he, he had Jordan on his Olympic team in 1984. In yeah. Portland, who was going number two, Houston picked Elijah on number one the way they should have. And he told the Portland GM, take Jordan at number two. And the Portland GM said, but we need a center. And Knight said, play Jordan at center. Just take him. And Portland didn't take Michael Jordan. And we know what happened. Yeah, we all know the rest of that story. Sam Bowie broke every bone and, you know, you could possibly break. And and Jordan went on to do what he did. So bad move for the Portland team, that's for sure. Well, it wasn't as bad. For, it was terrible for the Portland team. But keep this in mind, they eventually traded Bowie for uh, Buck Williams, was one of the better forwards in Portland Trailblazer history. And they went to the finals one year. So that slips under the radar, but no comparison to the Jordan miss. That was one of the worst misses in you know sports history. Sure, for absolutely for sure. Actually, if you haven't seen the, uh, God, I can't remember the name of the movie now. There's a movie about uh, Air Jordan, the way that the whole shoe thing came about. Um, I think it's on uh, Apple TV. It's really, really good. Uh, uh, if you get a chance to watch it, it's really interesting to watch. All right. So, Keith, let's let's get on to the college preview and, and who's playing in the top ten and get you some of your thoughts on this. Um, of course, Georgia, number one Georgia, is going up against Missouri. I heard this might be a tough test for uh, Georgia. It could be. Missouri's playing really well. They've only lost one game. They lost to LSU in a game they were uh, in control of, uh, but their defense is just not very good. Uh, they're getting, I think they're getting double digits here, 12 or 13 points, uh, maybe two touchdowns in some places. Um, Missouri, I think, can play with them. I don't think they'll win this game. If you want to bet it, I'd bet the over here because I think there'll be a lot of points scored. Missouri's a point-scoring machine, but their defense is not very good. I like Georgia to hold on here, close game. Now, Missouri's one of the big surprises this year. If they should go into Georgia and win – they still got games at Tennessee and I think Ole Miss, but they control their own destiny, basically. If they were to win out, they'll go to the playoffs. Got to be a very tough road to go, though. Well, the movie is called Air Keith. I, mean, I think he meant just Air Keith. I think he's, he's – I don't think it was Air Keith is the name. Oh, no, I, I, think, I think Air is the name of the movie, right? Yes, right, right. <laughs> I, yeah, 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 so, Believe me, uh, nobody ever called me Air Keith, I can tell you that right now. <laughs> my brother oh, – this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Anyway, um, Ohio State, number three, Ohio State against the Rutgers. I don't see Ohio State having too much of a problem with them. Keith. No, I don't think they will. Rutgers has had a pretty good year, though, really. Greg Shiano's done a good job in his second time around there getting them back, but they can't play with the big boys in the Big Ten. I agree with that. 
I agree with that. Uh, number four, Florida State's going up against Pitt after they just got destroyed by Notre Dame. Florida's a little bit better than Notre Dame. Uh, I don't know. I, maybe Pitt bounces back. Maybe they're ticked off. I don't know. Now this isn't a good football team. The only game, I mean, they played a good game and beat Louisville a couple of weeks ago, but Pat Narducci's probably going to lose his job there. Uh, uh, I would think at Pittsburgh, he's got to be on a hot seat. They're not playing very well. They got two wins all year. And like a lot of the schools, they were once a great team. I mean, you had a lot of great players that went on an unbelievable yeah. pro 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 career. So um, another team that's kind of fall by the wayside. USC's going to have a, a a tough time. With Washington State's defense, I think Keith. I'm, at least, at least we'll see what happens if Caleb Williams plays his tail off. Maybe USC has a chance. Uh, we'll see. Well, they may have to score, you know, sixty to win this game because yeah. you know Washington's going to score. This is, but Washington has been a little. They've been tested at home against some some mediocre opponents uh, recently too. So since the Oregon game, they've kind of come back to the pack a little bit as far as, you know, overwhelming opponents. So it's a big game for Washington. USC's played their way out of the playoff picture. So, you know, they're playing for pride. And they're still playing for the Pac-12. But um, this should be – I don't think – I think Washington will handily win this game. I do too. Number six, Oregon against Cal. Cal gave USC a scare last week. I think Oregon State's defense will control Cal a lot better than USC did. Oregon's defense is great. This should not be even a close, close yeah. game at all. I agree. I agree. Kansas State against six, uh, Texas, or seven Texas now. Uh, Kansas State has a pretty solid team, Keith. I don't know if they can handle Texas, but, you know, who knows? Kansas State has come around the last few weeks. They started the season kind of slow. They lost to a couple of ranked opponents uh, early in the season, which gave which the record only at six and two. But they're a dangerous, dangerous team. Remember, they were very good. They they won the pack or the uh, Big 12 championship last year. Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of kids back. Their coach is, is, is good, and this team's playing as well as anybody in the country right now. So this could be a closer game than than people think. Texas gets the edge being at home, though. Penn State against Maryland. Uh, will Penn State continue to spiral a little bit here, Keith? I mean, they got a big game next week. Yeah, Maryland is, has been a bit of a disappointment in the Big Ten. They got who is a baby brother there, and he's he's had a pretty good season. But they haven't played good defense, and – They've lost some games they should have won, and I, I don't think they're going to – I think Penn State will probably win this uh, fairly handily as they look forward to uh, losing to Michigan in a week or so. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Oklahoma, I mean, there's some there's some chinks in the armor there, Keith. Big rival against Oklahoma State. Could be an upset. It could be. Oklahoma State's another team that started off slowly. Mike Gundy's got them playing very well here uh, of late. The defense is playing really well. We saw some, as you said, chinks in the armor uh, – with Oklahoma at Kansas last week. And uh, this is the last bedlam for who knows how long with, with Oklahoma leaving for the SEC. They're not going to be able to schedule Oklahoma State every year, and bedlam is going to be at, placed on hold for a while. Too. So this is going to be quite an atmosphere. I believe Oklahoma State's at home, so I like Oklahoma State in this spot, getting some points at home. All right. Uh, all the games uh, that, that we watch, we got Army playing Air Force. Air Force should win this pretty easily. Army is yeah. not really that good this year. They're at number 17. Keith, Keith, can they crack the top 10? Can they make it into the 10 slot? Can Air Force pull it off this year before it's over? Um, Possibly. I mean, I think it's a, they've got a very good chance of going undefeated in a, in a better than people think Mountain West. It's not a bad league, especially at the top. Um, Air Force has played great football. I love their coach, uh, Calhoun. 
uh, one of the most underrated coaches in the country in my mind. Can they make the top 10? It's possible if they win out, you know, these teams lose in front of them. They're, they're in an interesting race. They're playing for a New Year's Day bowl game. You know, that group of six or a group of five spot. Them and Tulane right now are uh, neck and neck, really, uh, for that spot. So if they win out, they could very well get a New Year's Day bowl game, uh, which would be a big deal it out there. It definitely would be. Uh, Notre, Notre Dame against Cleveland. Notre Dame coming off a big win that was more about their special teams and defense than their offense. Does Clemson have a shot, Keith? You know, Clemson uh, – Things the wheels are coming off for Dabo Sweeney. Uh, he blew up on his radio show at a caller this week, and this is the first real um, adversity I think they've been through. You know, they've been on a gradual decline. You know, the last couple three years. Um, I mean, they've still come out with ten and two records, ten and three records this year. They got a very good chance of going seven and six. And Notre Dame, I think, will go in here. Tough place to play. Uh, in Clemson, but uh, I think they'll win this game. Close game. You know, I, think, I think Clemson plays better than they've been playing this week, though. You know, Dabo Sweeney actually is correct. I agree with him. With all he's accomplished at Clemson, and they haven't been that bad. They're not in the national championship picture right now. And you say they've slightly declined, but they've still been good. Absolutely. And it's like a case of what have you done for me lately? And I, I can understand them blowing up a bit. Well, that's the world of college football today, right? I mean, it is what what have you done for me lately? It is that that's the that it's the atmosphere, and Dabo's getting a lot of uh, heat too because, and again, I'm not a big fan of the transfer portal, but everybody's using it, and Dabo won't use it basically the way other people use it, and that's why he's starting to fall behind talent wise uh, from other, these other uh, top schools. So, if he were just changes his attitude about the transfer portal, it's here to stay. It's not going away, most likely. Um, they could probably turn this, their fortunes around pretty quickly. I think. Maybe he'll be. Maybe he'll have to, Keith. Maybe he'll not have another choice, depending on uh, how this year plays out. I like, you know, I like Louisville. I'm starting to follow them a little bit. They're a really good team. They're, I think they only got one loss. They're playing everybody tough. They're at number. They're at number 15 right now, Keith, and they're playing Virginia Tech. Uh, they're at home. I just like I just like Louisville this year. I don't know why. I like Louisville. They were a good story. They had a bad, bad loss to Pittsburgh, though, a couple of weeks ago, which really took them out of the national uh, playoff hunt. Uh, but they're still in in play to play in the ACC championship game. They've only got that one loss. It is a league loss. Uh, they're tied with Virginia Tech in the ACC standings right now. Virginia Tech's another team that's played better recently. But I think Louisville and Jeff Brom are uh, – Jeff Brom's done a really good job there uh, coming back to his alma mater. And I think uh, Louisville will win out here. Maybe easily. I think so, I think so too. Uh, quick, uh, we'll go over the Pats here. Uh, there was no move at the trade deadline. Uh, I mean, I, I didn't really expect anything to happen there. Maybe try to go after a receiver or something. Uh, maybe another defensive back, but they didn't do anything that kind of stood pat. They're going against Washington, who got rid of half of their defensive linemen, Keith. You know, Sweat and Young are gone on other teams right now. Uh, maybe that will help your protection out a little bit when Washington <laughs> comes in. Um, you know, I listen, the Pats didn't play bad last week. They're playing at home. What do you think? Yeah, I think they'll win this game. Um, Washington's, you know, been very up and down this year. And obviously this, I would think the team is probably a little shook when your team sells, uh, you know, when, you, when you're still technically at least in a wild card race. I'm sure Coach Rivera is not happy about the fact that they got rid of these guys when he's 
trying to save his job. If he could slide in, get the seventh spot in the wild card, he could very well save his job, but not with the teams trading your players out from under you. And the Patriots staying pat. I was a little surprised. They weren't looking to buy. They were looking to sell, uh, and they weren't able to come to terms with anybody, which I'm kind of happy because Kyle Duggar was one of those guys they were looking to get get rid of, not because of his play, but because they're going to have to pay him soon. Um, But he's one of the best players on that defense, too. I think New England will – you know, Mac Jones has played well. He didn't play great last week, but he didn't play as bad. He had a bad turnover um, that hurt them, but he's played much better. Uh, of late as they've kind of simplified the offense for him. They don't let him – obviously, you you can't have Mac Jones just sitting back there and throwing on third and long all the time. That was one of the problems in their in their bad streak there is they constantly were getting themselves in third and long, and he just had no no chance. So they're throwing the ball earlier in the, in the downs uh, now, and I think it, their offense has been better. Sputtered against that Miami defense a little last week, but – I think the de- the defense on New England has really impressed me the way they've lost players, but they're really out there battling and, and playing pretty well. They played pretty well against the Dolphins last week. A couple of bad breaks. Yeah, they did. Um, the only thing I'd be worried about is 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 Howell can throw the ball deep, and that's the only thing I would worry about on the Patriots, like he did against the Eagles. Uh, for some reason, he just plays lights out against the Eagles. I don't know what it is. He's I, I don't know what the rest of the Well, again, I at a quarterback, which is, again, the story for the defense. When they pressure the quarterback, the defense plays pretty well, which is a rocket stance, right? But that helps your secondary against some of those long passes. But I think uh, I think they'll control Howell pretty well this week. Well, we'll keep you around here for one. There's one last thing before we let you go because Keith's got a show to do. Um, big, big NBA news. I don't know why. I, I don't know why this demands that much attention. Big, big because he's in the news all the time. Um, of course, we're talking about James Harden getting traded to the Clippers. I don't know why the Clippers want him. Uh, I, I have no idea what's going to happen. They're injured all the time. Harden gets injured. I, I just don't get the whole thing why he wanted to go there and why the Clippers want him to begin with. Um, but Embiid is a lot. It's very happy for him. He said yesterday that he's gone. So yeah. uh, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I'm surprised it took so long, number one. I, I was surprised they started the season with, you know, that type of situation lingering over the team. That's not a good situation at all. Uh, as far as the Clippers go, I don't know why they want them. Do you want to re- you want to reunite them with Westbrook? I mean, <laughs> sorry, Westbrook. Shouldn't say Westbrook. That's rude. But uh, yes. it, I, that's going to be an awful situation out in L.A. I just can't see any good coming to that. I I don't know. I, I mean, I know he's still good at – he's good as this guy. He's not what he was. Um, he's not no. great. On, I, I, you know, I don't know. I, I don't get it. Um, I, I don't think the Clippers do anything. Maybe, maybe they win more games than they lose, but they're sure not going to go. Uh, I, I think this is a good, uh, you know, addition by subtraction move for the for the 76ers. I think it's a good move for them. I think. So. You know what people don't realize about these draft picks that a few years away, unprotected number ones. By the time the Sixers get to use them, this Clipper team as we know it probably is going to be all broken up, that K.Y. Leonard won't be on the team anymore, Paul George won't be, that they're not going to be a very good team. So that might be a high lottery pick by the time the Sixers get around to them. And pick swaps, that's like, those could be awesome for the team who has one because if the Clippers are really bad by that stage and you could swap your number one with them, imagine you swapping a number 20 for a number two pick, okay? And they got three of those total. 
And yep. the three number ones, basically, that the Sixers out of this. So good deal for the Sixers. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right, Jack. Uh, pushing those draft picks out, I think, is a great idea for the 76ers, for sure. Now, Jason, the Nets, Sixers are not going <laughs> to trade Joel Embiid. It's not happening. I doubt it. I doubt it very much. Unless Embiid is painted. I don't see it happening either. Yes. He's exactly. an icon in the city of Philadelphia. The only way Embiid gets traded if he forces the issue. He has to say, I won out and push and push forth. Otherwise, it's not happening. I agree. So, folks, we're going to let Keith go. Keith's got a show uh, coming up, I think, is Are You Serious? But coming up right after us. So stay tuned for that. Keith, thanks for joining us as you do every Friday, and we'll see you on Sunday, my friend. See you on Sunday. Keep those picks going and stay on Jack's back here. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, we got we're giving Jim Jeffcoat a bye, you know. We're having a bye week. He's six and twenty-five, six twenty-five, and one on the year. He does, he does, he does. All right, Keith, you have a good one, my friend. All right, guys, have a good weekend. <laughs> Keith Angle from TGI Sports Talk, up right after us here on all of our platforms. Um, Last night, we're talking about the 76ers. Of course, the Raptors lose uh, to the 76ers, 114 to 99. Embiid has 28, 13. Tobias Harris has 23. And uh, Kelly Dubre has 23. So got a lot of scoring from a lot of different people. And, of course, they they, they do have a budding superstar. Yeah, you know, I know something about box scores, Mac, that bothers me. You see the headline, oh, Embiid gets 28 points. He shot something like 8 for 23. And Tobias Harris, who shot better 10 for 17, gets a few less points. But the guy who took a lot more shots had a worse shooting percentage. He gets the headlines over how many points he scores. I agree. I agree. So much of the time. Yesterday, Victor Wambanyana, let's call him Wemby, what a game, 38 points the 19-year-old had against the Phoenix Suns breakout game. Yes, he yes. is going to be the he's he is going to be the best player in the NBA in about three years. Best player. Best player point blank. Okay. He's going to be one of the best players, maybe before this year's even out, maybe. That's how good he is. But let's say till next year. He's going to be rookie of the year this year. He is he's a future Hall of Famer. Slam yeah, dunk Hall of Famer. If, if, if he doesn't if he get doesn't, hurt, if he doesn't right, get hurt. Right, right, right. I mean then, the guy, but his height, he blocks shots, he rebounds, he dribbles, he could play any position. I so, absolutely outstanding. I talked about this guy way before the season started. I saw the special on him. Um, and, and I knew he was going to be good. And there was a lot of people saying, well, he doesn't have enough weight and he doesn't have, yeah, well, you know, neither did a parish and neither did a lot of centers have a lot, a, a lot of weight on him. This guy is just his three point shot his dribbling and his block shots alone are going to win your game. So, I mean, he's a, he's a, he's a, he's going to be, he's going to be something else if he stays healthy. Oh, and answer to Jason, I don't get this in season tournament. I <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Jason, Jason's on my format today because that's what I was going to next talk about. Here comes the NBA in season tournament. Uh, the Knicks in Milwaukee are it's like every Tuesday and every Thursday. And you know, the Knicks in Milwaukee started off now and they go, they got a the exploding league and the, the bang. And they got a lot of things happening over there that I don't think anybody understands. I think it's a big waste of time. I think it's just something maybe to I, maybe they're trying to boost the ratings. I don't know, but it's a rate. It, it is a ratings thing, right? I, I that's the only thing it could be. They're gonna have an NBA Cup, and you know, 
and uh, a free dinner for everyone that wins, I guess. I'm I'm not really sure about the whole thing, but I do know that uh, uh, this is what, something Silverman really wanted, and uh, now he's got it, and there you go. So he, the commissioner's happy with that. Jack, you got any any boxing news that you want to talk about? We got like three and a half minutes left. Anything that struck you over over what's happened in boxing lately? Well, the last weekend, the big talk was uh, Tyson Fury against Francis Nagano, mixed martial artist. Fury wins a split decision. I didn't score the fight. I saw the replay afterwards that night. And once you know what happened, it becomes harder to score. But major disappointment with Tyson Fury. He was terrible. It seems like he's, I don't want to say he's gotten old, but it's past his prime. Nagano did great for someone making his debut, a legendary mixed martial artist. But in all honesty, we got to see Nagano against heavyweights like Alexander Usyk, Anthony Joshua, who I don't think he would fare too well against. I think Fury was a one-case deal where Fury was a bit overweight. Um, my buddy on Glove Fist, Frank Laterzo, said in the last show he was out of shape. And I disputed that. But then on reflection, when you look at Fury's weight, he probably wasn't in the best of shape. But Fury's performance was absolutely disgraceful. Okay, absolutely disgraceful uh, in that fight. And credit to Nagano. Okay, he took boxing seriously. And as a mixed martial artist, boxing is part of their repertoire. So they're used to being in a ring. It's just making certain adjustments and he did a heck of a good job he knocked fury down fury's punch resistance has always been a little iffy and uh we'll see with nagano he wants to continue boxing but now fury's going to fight alexander Usyk to have an undisputed heavyweight champion and it, that's a toss-up fight right now and uh but i would like to see nagano with any name heavyweight because i don't think he would have the same success but I would pay to see it. He's earned that right to have a big fight, Nagano, based on this performance. Because, you know, one word I'm going to throw Nagano's way based how he performed, and that word is respect. Okay. He's got my respect and everyone's respect based on what he did. Very cool. Very cool. Folks, thank you. Uh, quick note, Roku right now, we're upgrading it. But we're having glitches. The live shows aren't coming on yet. We got a brand new page, a lot of fancy stuff. We look professional. Be patient. We'll be back on there soon. Thank you to Byron. Thank you to Keith. No need to well, it's not. Underdog is not here until Sunday. But anyway, folks, we will we will see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Debate Show with Dr. Paul. Philly sports guy might even step in. And of course, the big show on Sunday. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for the views, comments. And again, thank you to Rick Sherlock for being there at every show. Yeah, he he, he deserves something, Jack. I'm not sure. we got to talk about it later and see what we want to give this guy. Well, uh, listen, he, he deserves a Viking Super Bowl victory, being a fan all those years, but he's not going to get it. So I mean, <laughs> probably not, Jack. It's a shame. But anyway, we will uh, we will be uh, – we will be back real quick. I believe he lost. Everybody else doesn't, Rick. So I'm um, Jason. Sorry. So, uh, yeah, I think he lost. I think it was a setup. So. Anyway, folks, we'll see you tomorrow on the Mac and Jack Debate Show. Tune in.